The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown to zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Nash. On this episode, we're speaking with Kyle Kelly, and he is the founder of the Regeneration Magazine. It's super cool, and it features tons of businesses and information on climate, and I think it's absolutely wonderful what he's doing. So we're going to hear all about the man behind the magazine coming up on this episode. Kyle Callian, awesome. Welcome to the show. So let's start with you, Kyle. When did you start Regeneration? Um, I started the Regeneration in November of 2016. Uh, I actually had been sort of toying with the idea of starting a publication for quite some time, um, inspired by a fix and off screen. Um, and after the election season, um, just the news cycle was so abhorrent. It was just so difficult. Uh, and frustrating for a climate journalist, or someone who identifies as someone who writes about climate uh, change in general, and there was just no coverage, no positive coverage period on people who are actually making positive change in the world rather than, um, you know, the individuals who were currently running for office and the things that they were supposing they were going to do. Um, so I got a little frustrated and I decided to start the project um, pretty much on election day, and that's when I started brainstorming ideas for the name and uh, how I was going to go about doing it. That's awesome. And this is a very difficult climate to get into in terms of news reporting these days because we've seen a lot of newspapers sort of fall out um, and go into financial trouble because we don't have this typical subscription to newspapers anymore. It's more like free news everywhere on the Internet, but then we have a huge problem of like what's true and what's not. Um, so that's like a, a big deal. So this is super awesome that you're doing this magazine. I love the format. Um, I really like that you shout out everyone's like Instagram handle or Twitter handle that you interview. I think that's super cool. So we can kind of read it, but have our phones there too. And like look a little bit further if we want. I think that's really, uh, really forward thinking. Is the magazine quarterly? So it's actually biannual um, right now. And uh, we're... We're experimenting in, in, in that same vein on, on the free news side. Um, we're, you know, we're trying to figure out what the best model is for us in terms of subscriptions so that we can continue to create content um, and keep the lights on. And so print is, is such an exciting, and I love, I love print as a medium. It's kind of ironic that we're an environmental magazine, but we're in print. Um, but for me, I think printing uh, as a designer and as somebody who likes to read uh, books uh, it's just such a different way of taking in information versus, you know, what you read on a screen. Uh, your attention is just not fully there usually. So we're, yeah, we're biannual. And we're, we're probably going to be releasing more information um, digitally, more frequently, um, to sort of su- supplement the, the print experience um, and sort of have more, uh, just at least just increase the number of eyes that get on, on the publication of what we're doing in general. Awesome. And let's talk about the paper for a second, because depending on like what level of zero waste you are, you might be like, ooh, paper, you know, you have to cut down a tree. But you guys 
plant a tree, right, for every every copy sold? We do. We plant a tree for every copy sold. It offsets the paper by a margin of, I think, almost 20 times, and then it offsets the carbon by at least five times. So it's actually a regenerative product when you purchase it, and shipping is is pretty marginal uh, depending. We, We do some international sales. Um, and we're we're toying with the idea of offsetting some carbon uh, on that as well, but uh, it's tricky. You know, international shipping is is intense still. Is it? Well, I am an international customer, I guess, because I got mine up in Canada, and I was so excited to get it. And my first reaction to the gifts, as someone who tries to live zero waste, was like, "Oh no, free gifts!" <laughs> and then I I looked at them, and the ones I got were the socks, which were very very cool. So they're like a super ethical company. I can't remember what the company was called. And then I got Arvin. What was it? Arvin Goods. Arvin Goods. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the socks. Yeah. So we're yeah. Arvin Arvin's amazing. Uh, they're creating socks, underwear, uh, basics out of recycled t-shirts and fabrics that they get and the colors that come from the the materials that they recycle actually get reused and so they don't need to really use any dye or water um, so they're a very regenerative product uh, and so we decided to partner with them last issue because it was a fashion issue like what better way of getting people to engage with regenerative products and actually give them something that's different um, and so they can see what it looks like feel what it looks like the quality of the socks is awesome um, it's not better than any other pair of socks I've ever had. And so, yeah, it was a really cool partnership we got to do with them. That's very cool. And then there was another gift, which I was super excited about, too. It was a pink mesh bag, and I think it was all natural fibers, if I believe. And it's actually now my favorite produce bag. So very stoked to get those. Yeah, the eco bags. We've been working with them for some time as well. They're, they produce our tote bag. And they were really excited about the issue and the product um, and the magazine in general. So they just sent us some free bags and they were like, you know what, you should give these out and spread the word. So I love them too. I use them for, for tons of stuff like produce. Um, but, they, you know, the way that they stretch, they're not the greatest for print uh, magazines because they're, they're mesh. And so they kind of fray the pages. But for everything else, uh, they're great. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, so I don't buy things in cans very often, but I did buy a couple cans of beer and I put them in there and I thought it was really neat because they look pretty when you're carrying them out because you can kind of see like what you're buying. So that was really cool. Uh, So you were mentioning that you were a climate writer before. So tell me a little bit about that. I would say, I guess my foray into climate writing started in graduate school. I mean, I, I studied environmental science in college, and then afterwards, I worked sort of as a designer um, and marketer. And when I went to graduate school at SVA, uh, I wanted to focus in on on design, but systems design more or less. Um, and how do we design better human systems to serve people um, and the planet better? And how do we sort of reintegrate uh, nature systems with our human systems? And so, I started writing on Medium, um, just putting out my own thoughts. Um, from thought leaders that I'd been reading, like David Orr and uh, Buckminster Fuller and Daniel Pinchbeck. And so I was just sort of digesting their thinking and breaking it down, you know, how do we create a regenerative culture? How do we create, you know, a fairer economy that works for people and the planet? And then, you know, I, I felt like there wasn't really many sources for this kind of information. Maybe I'm, I was like, I was like, maybe I'm living in a, a, a niche, like a super high niche 
area, like I'm talking about such specific things, but I realized that they're very universally applicable. And then people started talk, you know, talking to me and they're like, you should put, put more of this kind of content out and talk to people who are thinking this way, but applying, applying these principles um, to what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. Um, and I think that's what the regeneration is really all about. It's about taking that kind of like high-level philosophy, ecological thinking, and then sort of putting it in practice. And it's a collection of case studies on people who, who decided to do it, whether or not they knew about the, um, these philosophies or they drive their work and they sort of learned about them as they went along. That's a very cool way of looking at it, actually. So I guess I'm similar uh, with the people that I choose to bring on the show. For me, I just love to see companies that are doing the right thing because I feel like a lot of companies right now are not doing the right thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you you have a lot of them featured in the fashion edition. What was the first theme of the the first edition that you printed? The first edition that I printed was kind of top-down, more or less just talking to the people who I was working alongside in this field at the time, and so people who immediately inspired the magazine's inception from the beginning. So I, I reached out and I uh, got a sample from Paul Hawkins' book, Blessed Unrest, from the, public, from the publisher, um, because the, the, that book sort of kick-started my thinking around, you know, the climate movement is the largest movement on Earth. How do we collect those voices and, and really channel them into creating more positive change? And so I talked to uh, Daniel Pinchbeck, who had been writing a book at the time called How Soon Is Now?, um, Lauren Singer, I did an initial interview with her about sort of the Simply Co. and her transition into working on Package Free Shop. Um, and then some of my peers actually at SCA um, who had been working on uh, small little incubator projects, called one called Of Course Global. Um, they were working on sustainability um, consulting work for you know, a variety of different companies and schools. And then, you know, even... We had Josh Truhaft, who was also in my program. We did a piece on him. He basically has like dinners where he has people sit in a dumpster that's cleaned out and serves them sort of ugly produce, but creates like beautiful meals out of them. So just showing diners like what can be, what beauty can be created from nothing. And so just kind of like experimenting with with what the format of the magazine could be. So it didn't have a theme, and then. We did issue two, which was sort of about plastic pollution and climate change and how they're connected. Um, and we actually got to speak to Paul, which was really exciting. And then we jumped into the fashion theme. And now we're kind of like backtracking a little bit. And we're, we're seeing what we've learned so far coming into more of like a, maybe a focus each issue, but having sections because sustainability and regenerative thinking kind of all just, it's everything, right? So there's people who are working in the ag space, who are working in the fashion space, who are working in the food space, who are working in the policy space. So we want to make sure that each issue we put out, because we put them out so infrequently, everybody gets sort of their their passion and the thing that they're focused on the most sort of in, in the, the framework of the issue. Um, so it's, it's been evolving every every time we put one out. That's awesome. Well, I just love it. I love the format. And it's so cool that you plant a tree and have that program with it. And uh, I've just been so impressed. Are you still going to do gifts for the next issue when it comes out? We're actually hunting down um, a partner right now. We've, we have a couple uh, to do that. We have a couple right now in the works. Um, 
and the issues focuses on clean energy and politics and activism and social media. Um, but there are themes. There's going to be sections on food and ag and all that stuff. So we're we're trying to and fashions. So we're trying to find uh, something that will fit. It socks are perfect because they fit right in the envelope. Um, so trying to find something that that's akin to that. Maybe my friend Amir's uh, bracelet tote project will be ready by then, and we can give everybody a wearable tote bag by the end of uh, the year. But we'll see. A wearable tote bag. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's it's my friend Amir Jindali. He's working on a, a project called Bracelet Tote, and uh, he's been working on it for oh. three years. It's been an R and D, and it's a wearable tote bag. So he's uh, he's about to launch it. So stay tuned for that. Very cool. So you wear it on your wrist. Yeah, it's, it's and it can be like clipped to your. It can be wrapped around your wrist, or it can be clipped to your bag or something. But uh, he, you know, he's like super passionate about like wear things for you know obviously for expression self-expression and he's like there's nothing that i have that actually has utility like this you know other than like a you know apple watch or whatever and i want something that i'm walking around the city all the time and there's so many times where i walk by a bodega or a a shop and i just don't have a bag on me Mm -hmm. and most people who walk around the city are like oh i just need that one thing before i go home to finish you know creating the meal that i want to create and he's like this this would be perfect so he's just been trying to figure out how to make it work um the the physics of actually like getting it to expand and then like collapse back into a small thing uh, so he's been playing with everything from like those high school remember those slap-on bracelets mm-hmm. my kid loves yeah, those every, yeah so he's just trying to figure out the dynamic of that very cool that's awesome because i think that new york city has a program or or some initiative where they want to be zero waste by 2030 have you heard something about that yep 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 by 2030 zero by like on every dumpster, every uh, garbage truck that drives by, it's like zero X thirty. So they're they're trying. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be so difficult. What I love about New York City is, well, number one, the people, and then number two, the food. The food is amazing. It it's food inspired from all over the world, but so much of it is wrapped in garbage. So I have difficulty finding the food I want that doesn't come in all that packaging. So it's it's super cool that this, you know, the bag bracelet's coming out. And sometimes I stay up at night thinking about, like, how can we have a bowl or, like, you know, something we can put food in um, so that we don't have to have it wrapped in paper or wrapped in tin foil all the time. And it would be, yeah. you know, really cool to come up with these solutions, maybe like a bag. So if someone is, you know, a, a bag designer, if they could design something and have it come with a fork, knife, spoon, and then, or like just a pocket for it, you know, and then like a pocket for maybe some sort of bowl. I think that would be super awesome. Yeah. We experimented with that actually a bit in graduate school. Amir and I worked on a thesis on composting together. Cool. And yeah, that's one of the things that they're most aggressive about that I'm seeing roll out now is the city's actually going to have a full composting program. I think by the end of next year, some parts of Brooklyn still don't have it, but at least in the five boroughs they'll have composting. I'm not sure about the rest of uh, the state, but definitely in the city. Very cool. It's going to be tricky, I think, with the heat that you guys get in the summer, so I hope that that goes well. Yeah. Well, they they're, the bins are lockable, at least, so they you know rats can't get in, but it's definitely tricky. I, I actually live in Bushwick right now, and I walk my compost over to uh, BK Rots, uh, no Wastelands, which is about a five-minute walk from my apartment, and they do uh, they do pick up from some businesses and, and local just peeps around the neighborhood, but they do a donation-based 
composting, which is really great. What was the name of it? They're called BK Rot. They've been around for quite some time. I grew up composting, but I had an incident a couple of years ago that I've mentioned before where I had some maggots in my compost, and I was, like, very upset about it. So, uh, but I was putting, like, meat and dairy in it too, which is not good for that stuff. So really, if you keep your meat and dairy out of it, it's, like, not so bad for, for like, attracting things. And I think Australia actually has a program somewhere where people pick it up on bicycles, which is kind of cool for a city if you're doing, like, a small, densely packed area. I think maybe that would that would work pretty well. Um, so for regeneration, like what are your plans going forward? Is this something that you want to like grow and continue? And are you going to do like different featured magazines or kind of just like stick to the roots of like climate and environment and sustainability? Yeah, I'm definitely going to stick to sustainability and, and regenerative thinking. I think the format of the actual print may continue to evolve. I, I think it absolutely will. Um, but I also see the, our sort of business model changing uh, over time. And I've been meeting with my team. We're, we're a team of mostly volunteers because the money we make just pretty much goes back into printing again right now um, because we just sort of break even. Uh, and so we want to see, uh, see some more growth, at least so we can do more things and partner and have more events. And, you know, the more you grow... If it's the right kind of growth, the money is not inherently evil. It's what you do with it. So we want to figure out how we can um, you know, hire some people and expand the company and, and do more things. We're looking into sort of like an online teaching place where people can learn about these kinds of business models and how they're different um, and what they look like. And then they can also potentially get the brands themselves on the site. So it would be like some multimedia, some video. Because um, I think video lends itself really well to online learning. Um, and then print really lends itself to, to reading, learning. I think there's just a lot of different types of, there's also just so many types of learning um, processes and everyone's a different kind of learner. So we want to be able to be A, accessible to everyone and B, um, just sort of multi-format. Absolutely. And we want to get these messages out to as much people as possible. How can we find you on social media? Um, you can find us at The Regeneration Mag. Instagram, the Regen Mag on Twitter, um, and then the Regeneration on Facebook. And we're just launching a group there, actually, where people can share uh, articles and uh, their work they're doing, so that we can find more content to, to share. Very cool. And how can we order the magazine if our listeners are interested? Um, they can go to the RegenerationMag.com. Um, they actually can read. We're launching a couple interviews now from issue uh, three, and we just launched one from issue four. That hasn't been produced, uh, hasn't been printed yet, uh, with Rafael Espinal, who's a city council member here, who did, a, who worked on the straw straw ban and uh, working on a green roof spill. Uh, so they can read some, of, they can preview some of the content, and then they can check out the uh, print and digital uh, editions as well as the subscriptions we have available. Awesome. Was there a straw ban ever put in anywhere in New York? Um, they're working on it now. They, Rafael was the one who initially wrote the bill. Um, and then he's been sort of getting feedback from people because uh, there's some some issues, obviously, with accessibility. Um, people, you know, ADA uh, individuals who need access to straws if they if they um, you know actually need to drink. So there needs to be some available. Um, I think the goal, obviously, is to reduce the plastic pollution, and it's sort of like the gateway. I call it the gateway drug into sustainability. Thinking. Totally. Yes. Um, 
straws are like the the first thing that most people notice. Um, and so I think his, his initiative is to just sort of get people to be more aware of it and then try to make it work for everybody and all the constituents who work who live in the city. So uh, if people do need it for a specific reason, they'll still have access to it. But to try to get rid of the majority of them would be great. That's very cool. It's a it's a cool way of saying it because I always call it the tip of the iceberg. I don't know if it's more Canadian or something to say it that way with the straw bands because people start thinking, well, why are we banning these straws and not the plastic lids? And it's like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> like that That's the whole point, really. Like It gets people thinking. And then once you think about, okay, there's still the plastic lids. And then you think about the cup. And usually if you're at a fast food place, those cups aren't recyclable at all. So it it really starts getting people thinking and they're, they're small so we can do without them, except you're right, people with disabilities still need them. Uh, so it's an excellent initiative to be a part of. And I'm very happy that that's happening right now. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening like, simultaneously as well. Um, I've seen some people working on uh, cup programs where you can, they're like, trying to find partnerships with Starbucks or Gregory's here in the city where People can like lend, you know, rent a cup for the day, and then there'd be drop-off locations. And um, I've also uh, this company Naco N A E C O is work has uh, just came out with like compostable coffee lid that's exactly the same, and coffee cups that are exactly that look exactly the same as like a normal Starbucks cup, um, and they would work uh, to replace them. So a lot of people are, are definitely innovating in that space, and people are just throwing out a lot of coffee cups every year. So I think that's a, a big one. Ice and regular. Yeah, I mean, step one, put it in the right bin, at least, you know. Mm-hmm. And the problem with those is they, ha- they have to be clean, at least in Canada. If they're dirty, they get thrown out because they're contaminated. So uh, that's a that's a tricky wow. problem, too. And, like, I love that you focus, you focus on businesses because I feel like businesses are the cause of this overconsumption of waste. And I feel like businesses are going to solve it. And I think that that's yeah. what we're seeing through regeneration, which is very cool. Definitely. I, I think there's definitely room for policy. Um, I just think policy works a little slower, uh, and I want to get more of those people involved. I think I think the face of at least American politics is, is hopefully changing and going to change somewhat this fall. But it's been a, definitely a tough journey here with our current people in power. Mm-hmm. I, I won't say anything more than that, and let's not get political here. And so we'll uh, we'll see how that changes, and if uh, this sort of I think the the one positive thing, if I'm going to stay on that regeneration, focusing on a good, um, there's a lot of people out there struggling and suffering right now because of this uh, administration. But on the bright side, I think it's really put a fire under um, people's tinies. I don't know if I can curse on this podcast, um, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> but. Uh, it's really gotten people uh, fired up, and I'm I'm excited to see you know all my friends vote and uh, get their voices out there and uh, get their friends to register to vote. So at least um, I think access will start to increase. People will start to vote more, and um, and and then businesses. But I mean, businesses are what usually inspires the policy changes, right? So with the straw ban, it was nonprofits like Lonely Whale um, who initially probably got the conversation started here in the city. Um, and then it just sort of spiraled into like, all right, well, if we want to do this and, and raise awareness about it, then let's get some, let's get a law passed. Let's get a bill written. So uh, I think that one precedes the other, in, in, at least in my experience with, in the world of sustainability. We all have a part to play, don't we? And uh, if you're listening and you want to do something, you can start writing letters. You can uh, make groups. You can join up with friends because two voices are typically stronger than 
one if you can make that happen and yeah lots of good ideas here well kyle thank you so much for coming on the podcast and thank you so much for making this magazine i think you're going to make a big difference in the world and i very much appreciate what you're doing thank you so much i appreciate the encouragement it's, it's good to hear sometimes it's uh it's a difficult difficult task and uh it's uh, sometimes thankless so i appreciate it a lot Oh, yeah. It's difficult, and I keep going and going and going, and then I sometimes have these days where I'm like, man, I picked such a difficult problem to work on, <laughs> like trying to, yeah. trying to solve all, the, all of these things, but somebody has to do it, so we're all doing it. Everyone everyone who's listening to this is 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 on the right page, so it's super awesome. Yeah, it's the, we've picked the most uh, – there are, there are problems that have easy solutions, and Climate change may be, if not the most complex problem, because it's so intertwined with everything. It's a social and environmental and economic issue. So uh, it's a big one. And uh, every day we're just chiseling away. Absolutely. I'm about to go to a council um, meeting for like the candidates because we're having a vote here for our municipalities. And I really want to bring up the question um, about development because we're making these like big urban sprawl developments in my city right now. And that, you know, encourages car culture. So how can we, like what you're saying, it's very complex. So how can we build and develop and grow, but not make everybody have two cars and like drive everywhere when they need to go somewhere, you know? Yeah. Lots of work. Lots of work to do. Um, So, oh yeah, I don't know if you've heard of, I'll probably won't put this in, but I don't know if you know who Doug Ford is and that he just removed our province of Ontario from the cap and trade system with California and Quebec. No, I don't know that. It's terrible to watch, really, because the cap-and-trade system worked for sulfur dioxide. Uh, George Bush Sr. actually implemented it in America. And remember acid rain? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, that's not a problem anymore because of the cap-and-trade system, so we know it works. So we were trying to do that, and only two states, and or no, two provinces in one state decided to work on this. And, uh, yeah, we just, we elected a conservative. He got rid of it. So we used to have a $15,000 tax rebate for electric cars. So if you wanted to buy a Tesla in Ontario, the government would give you 15000 and that's gone. So, sad. Wow. There you go. Yeah, lots of work. Our following issue comes out in early December. Okay, awesome. Okay, Kyle, thank you, and I will let you go, and I hope that you have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks, bye. Bye. This week on my Countdown to Zero Waste, I made coconut milk from a coconut. It was actually very difficult, and I'm not sure if I can actually recommend making it right from a coconut. It was really difficult to break open. It was super difficult to scrape out, and I ended up needing a Band-Aid afterward. And uh, once I got the coconut out of the shell, the milk part was actually very easy. So you just throw the chunks of coconut into a blender, blend it all up with some water, and strain it. I use the Sir Matthews bags that I use for uh, the bulk barn, and they actually work really well for straining. Don't forget to subscribe to the Zero Waste Countdown podcast on whichever platform you listen in on, and you can follow me on Instagram at zero underscore waste underscore countdown. And if you're interested in becoming a patron of the show, you can find us on Podbean and click the button that says become a patron, or you can click the little red button that says reward. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.